Hello and welcome back to the show. This is Coach Man. In this week's episode, we'll cover the last few fixtures of the group stage in the Champions League, and then we will proceed to analyze the last 16 that made it through. So Dortmund defeated Zenit. Dortmund finished their group stage on first place, followed by Lazio with 10 points, and Club Bruges will have to deal with a Europa League spot. They played a direct fixture against Lazio where if it wasn't for a red card late in the first half for Club Bruges, I believe they could have won a spot in the last 16. At the end, uh, it ended up in a draw and Lazio will be extremely happy to take their spot. Barcelona versus Juventus, the fixture that we've all been waiting for. Messi versus Ronaldo, Kuman versus Perlo, McKenny versus Dest, Arthur versus Pjanic, De Ligt versus De Jong. So many interesting duels out there on the field that promised to be a very interesting game. And well, it, it sure was. The refereeing was definitely not on point. Jordi Alba and uh, Longlet both deserved a second yellow card. An easy penalty kick given against Barcelona. We're, we're talking about the first penalty. And uh, there was a handball in the box by Pjanic, but VAR didn't even take a look at it. Then they awarded another penalty, deservedly so, for handball, but no yellow card for Longley. 99 out of 100 cases where there's a handball inside the box, just like uh, Longley's case, you get a second yellow card. Of course, Kuman recognized that he got lucky with that and he replaced both Jordi Alba and Longley. Uh, let me put it this way about penalty kicks. If the future of the humankind would be in a balance and there would be a football game and it would all come down to a penalty kick, I will always choose Ronaldo to shoot. And I know, I know, I know, he's missed a few in the past, but he has scored many more than he missed. And yes, I know that some of the fans out there, especially Messi fans, right? Um, they call him out uh, saying Penaldo and all that stuff. But let me play the devil's advocate here, folks. I know a guy that missed the chance to win an international trophy. Had it in his boot, literally, to score, but missed. And that guy's name is Lionel Messi. <laughs> Reminds me of a guy that retired after a penalty kick miss. It's the same guy as Lionel Messi and retired from Argentina twice because of that. So penalty kicks are not a given, my friend. It takes so it, it takes nerves of steel to score against some of the world's most intelligent and most most agile keepers out there. They're they're specialists at this. Especially scoring two penalties against the same keeper in the same game is not as easy as you think. It's a lot of mind games being played that you might not realize. Just this past weekend, Ronaldo scored another two goals from two penalties against against his former teammate, Mattia Perrin. Now, they've been playing together, training together, practicing penalty kicks together. And during the game, after scoring the first penalty kick, Perrin asked Ronaldo, so you're going to go down the middle one more time? And Perrin chose to dive to the right again. Ronaldo shot down the middle again. <laughs> Definitely not easy. But let's focus on the Barcelona game. Um, and Juventus won by 3 to nothing, right? But if you look at the scoreline, it's really harsh. It's very harsh according to what happened on the pitch. Honestly, Juve played terribly. Especially in the first half. So many misplaced balls. Lack of creativity. Lack of urgency. Out of the... Just just think about it. Out of three goals, right? Two were penalty kicks. And one goal was from open play after a horrendous mistake by Longley, who pretty much decided to take a break from marking anybody. And Weston McKinney just went ahead and scored a beautiful volley from close range. 
I think hands down, Weston McKennie was the man of the match even if Ronaldo scored twice from the spot. Besides the penalties, Ronaldo was not able to get to the goal very often. He was pushed wide but never received a cross or he never received the ball close to the box so he can create danger. McKinney on the other side tracked Messi beautifully all over the field, uh, made, made some really important tackles and Messi had four or five extremely well placed shots where Buffon looked like he was turning back time. He, he looked like he was in his 20s again and had some amazing saves. From the events, Steen Quadrado had also a good game, providing the assist to McKenny, but also made a very messy tackle inside the box on Messi at the end of the first half. And that, in my opinion, was a clear foul, totally disregarded by VAR. Again, no idea why. Also, I have no clue why Pirlo started with Arthur and Ramsey in such an important game where both of them were almost inexistent. With Ramsey losing ball after ball, I honestly think that he's been given so many chances in Juve to show that he has the quality, but I think I think the time is up. I think that the fans, uh, everybody sees that he's, he's, he's just not top quality. I'm sorry to say that, but he could, he could find a, a, you know, a, a, you know, West Bromwich Albion would gladly take him. But honestly, Ramsey is not one of the top midfielders out there and hasn't been for a very long time, but it is what it is. Um, same goes with, you know, uh, Pjanic versus, uh, um, Pjanic versus Arthur duel. Both of them were just below par, below average. Nothing to write about home. It's just sad. <laughs> sad. I, I honestly, I, I don't know what to say, but I, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, Ramsey and, and Arthur could definitely use, uh, you know, some, some experience at, at other teams. Arthur, again, so far, he hasn't integrated in a team. He hasn't be, be, been given a lot of chances, but when he's, he's been given a chance, he didn't, uh, deliver. So what do you expect? Um, that's why I I'm saying that Juventus could do with a transfer in the middle of the pack. Somebody creative that can also do the defensive side. And no, that player would not be Pogba. <laughs> no, Pogba can make a return in France. I could see him in PSG actually, if they decide to restructure the team a little bit and and sell a few guys over there. I'm pretty sure that he would fit right in. Uh, he is a he is a high commodity, very expensive. Um, controversial, so many, so many issues at Manchester United, his agent now coming out and saying that he wants to move on. And I mean, where is this all leading to, to be honest with you? And uh, yeah, the only place that I can see Pogba going is to make a, a, you know, to make a run for it in France. I don't think Real Madrid will be interested. They have young talent out there. They have uh, Valverde, who's performing really well. Um, they, they definitely don't need another midfielder when they still have Casemiro, they still have Kroos, they still have Isco, who they barely use. Uh, I I really don't think so. Um, yeah, Pogba, France, I I could definitely see it. Um, on the Barcelona side, Kuman was forced to replace Piquet with Araujo, who at times seems to be overwhelmed by the game and eventually got replaced by uh, Umtiti, who did not look confident at all. This was one of Barca's top performers, in the American duel, right? Uh, running down the wing, up and down, crossing, recovering balls, but to no avail. 
Same goes with De Jong, who connected with Messi many times, but did not manage to produce anything fruitful. Pedri and Trincao, inexistent basically, Griezmann again with a poor performance, did not manage to create any danger. Moreover, he had one big chance where he could have put Messi in a really good spot, but decided to shoot and made a mess of an entire situation. Once more, the result is harsh towards Barcelona, who did not deserve to lose by such a great margin, but such is football. And Juve had qualified from the first place, which got him a favorable draw, which we will be talking about later. So let's talk about the draw. <laughs> In Group E, Chelsea and Sevilla qualified. As expected, no, no surprises here. In Group H, we had a, a ton of controversy as expected. We talked about the possible outcomes of this group in our other podcast, and long and behold, we predicted that PSG or United may not qualify, or both of them may not qualify, and it so happens. And it so happened that it was Manchester United after a terrible performance against Leipzig, who in all honesty deserved to go through. They played for the spot and they won against United, so it doesn't get any clearer than that. It would have been, uh, it, it's only fair to be eliminated like that. Of course, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came out, said he was very, uh, very disappointed about the result and they, they could do a lot better. And uh, <laughs> Mourinho never wasting an opportunity to jab back at, at Manchester United. He, he chimed in and said that it is unfair that a team performing that bad gets to play in the Europa League. <laughs> funny, really, really funny. Mourinho does what he does best, just being witty. In uh, the other fixture, while I'm still following what exactly happened, they decided to postpone the game due to an alleged. So alleged does not mean confirmed. Do an alleged racist comment made by a referee, which once more, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm still following the incident. And as soon as FIFA finishing, uh, finishes investigating the incident, I will make a full episode on it. But it looks like just another misunderstanding, just in the Cavani case, which if you're not familiar with, I will cover it in the same episode because it falls in the same issues that, that have been happening more recently. Um, and I will compare it to similar incidents that happened um, earlier this year, right after uh, football resumed. In France, there was an incident and uh, nobody covered it, but I will. And we will see if FIFA are so inconsistent as I believe them to be. So, in Group H, to sum it up, it was PSG and Leipzig who would qualify for the last 16. In Group D, Ajax and Atalanta played a direct fixture where it meant that the winner was going to go through. In a game where we saw a player eliminated from Ajax again one more time, these, these, you can't get eliminated from a crucial game like this. That is the worst thing that you can do for your team. And, uh, you know, it took Muriel to come off the bench to score a late winner to send Atalanta to the last 16. Tremendous achievement for the Italian club. Um, and, of course, Liverpool was at top of the group. Um, Atalanta and Liverpool with, uh, will go through. In Group A, no surprises again. Uh, Bayern Munich and uh, Atletico went on to the next stage, stage. And finally, in Group B, another tricky situation. Here, the Giants Real Madrid were facing elimination. And Zidane and Madrid were playing for a spot in the last 16 against the leaders of the group at that time, Borussia Mönchengladbach. A really poor performance for Gladbach made Madrid win a fairly easy game for them. They controlled most of the possession and the Germans from, from Mönchengladbach lacked that German spirit for this confrontation as they were left to watch on an iPad the result between Shakhtar and Inter Milan 
where a win for the Ukrainians would have sent them through. It did not happen. Inter were brave enough to hold Shakhtar from scoring a winning goal. And uh, Gladbach and Madrid went through to the next stage. Now, what does that mean for the draw? Well, it means that Leipzig will face Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp is having to do a lot of changes to keep up with the injuries that have been plaguing the club recently, while Leipzig are still currently undefeated in the last five, winning four and having only one draw. Barcelona will play PSG. What an epic confrontation that was. We all know what happened last time where Barcelona made miracle happen. miracles happen, a controversial game where Barca came back to score six goals and to send them through. And it was last time that Neymar scored two goals for Barcelona and Sergio Roberto, uh, Roberto as well with a winning goal that made the crowd go absolutely wild. Uh, most recently, Neymar declared that he would like to play uh, with Messi again. Well, saying you will receive, he will have the chance <laughs> to share the same pitch, but on different teams this side, of course. I'm sure it paid off to finish uh, on the top position because long and behold, Juventus drew Porto. You know, Juventus could have had a, a much difficult draw, but the Portuguese side uh, has been informed, you know, winning four out of their five. But Juventus uh, will have the psychological advantage because last time they made an, uh, they met in 2017, Juve managed to get a, an away win with two to nothing at home. And uh, no, away two to nothing and at home one to nothing. Ju Juve will have to look for um, Oliveira, the central midfielder, and Marenga. And try to stop them from creating and scoring chances. Of course, it will be a reunion of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Pepe, former teammates at Real Madrid and uh, uh, Portugal. I believe it will be very uh, a very close encounter where anything is possible. I am not convinced that Pirlo has a, a winning formula, especially after he started Weston McKinney as a right winger in the last Serie A game that they played against Genoa. Um, Dybala finally, finally getting on the score sheet last weekend, and he will hope that his luck will turn around. Do not count Porto out. Absolutely. Uh, Juventus has been winning recently, and it's mainly because Ronaldo. He's been saving him time and time again, but if Ronaldo gets a bad night, it is all over. You, I, I don't see any inspiration. I don't see, um, I don't see any, anything, um, that would, made me think that Juventus has a chance of winning this trophy. I, I don't see anything that makes me uh, think that Juventus would win the Serie A this season based off the way they play. Just just look closely at the way Juventus plays and pretty sure you'll see what I see. Clueless, basically. Absolutely clueless. And uh, something's got to give. I don't know if it's replacing Pirlo or bringing in some more players, but um, I think <laughs> I think the LDA solution would be both. Moving on, after having a ton of success in Europa League, Sevilla will now play, will now try to make a run in the Champions League and face Dortmund. Last time these two, uh, these two teams met back in 2010, yes, 2010 in the Europa League, where Sevilla got the upper hand by winning in Germany and then uh, getting a draw in Spain. With Haaland currently unavailable and uh, Dortmund recently destroyed this past weekend by Stuttgart 5-1. I think 
things look a little bit shady for the German side. And I'm, well, I'm pretty sure that by February, Haaland will make a complete recovery. But I think the next few performances in the Bundesliga will, uh, will be a pretty good gauge as to where Dortmund stand as a team. Lazio will play the current champions, Bayern Munich. I simply just don't see anybody beating an informed Bayern Munich at the moment. Of course, they're not perfect by any means. They have slips here and there. And it will be up to Chiro and Mobile to make sure that Bayern get to have a couple of bad nights. Atletico Madrid gets to play against Chelsea. Well, they have shared a few battles in uh, recent memories. It will be really interesting to see Lampard face a much more experienced coach in Diego Simeone. With Atletico just losing the Madrid Derby this past weekend, they still stand comfortably on a second spot in La Liga, but they will have to rely on the services of Suarez and João Felix, who really got angered at being subbed in the Madrid Derby. Now I understand if you want to send a message to the public and to your coach. You have a tantrum when you're being subbed off, but Felix definitely exaggerated and made him look like an angry child. Throwing his jacket around, kicking bottles, this type of behavior that um, does not suggest maturity, the exact opposite, and it looks bad for the player, but also for the coach. Meanwhile, in Chelsea, they, uh, they've been in a rebuilding phase, still looking to get some team chemistry, spend a ton of money during the transfer season, and after you restructure a club like that, it usually takes some time for the player to get used to another, to the coach, to the country, to the style of play, but I'm predicting a very exciting game here. And finally, Borussia Mönchengladbach will play against Manchester City. While uh, <laughs> Guardiola is no stranger of the Bundesliga, he has many experiences to draw from. And I believe that it's an easy draw for Manchester City without being disrespectful to the German side. Uh, while being far from their best and struggling in the Premier League, their chance to save the season is to make a really good run for the Champions League. Now, either favorites... As ESPN said, well, absolutely not. Don't even get me started with ESPN and their football stats. No, they're not favorites. And the current champs, Bayern, should be considered as favorites, as far as everybody's concerned. Um, as to this particular fixture in particular, in, in general, I think that they have way too much quality. And they'll, they'll get past Borussia Mönchengladbach, and then, uh, then we'll see what happens. And Real Madrid, of course, they will play against Atalanta. I'm highly suggesting not to count out Atalanta just yet. Yeah, that would be that would be extremely foolish because let's uh, let's 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 say yeah, they're they're a highly volatile team, but they can also produce beautiful football. They won against Liverpool uh, earlier this season, um, but yeah, th there's games where they wouldn't impress you at all. Also, so. I, I think they should be higher in the Serie A. They're currently sitting on 8th place, but I believe that they have the quality to be in the top 6 in Italy if they can only get a winning streak going. On the other side, while they were wearing uh, signs from Madrid, they won the Madrid Derby against Atletico, and they won a place in the last 16, uh, you know? And they won their group, actually. Just when people saw Zidane out of Madrid, he comes back and is currently 2-for-2. Two two. There is some speculation that... Uh, this indeed will be his last season in Madrid due to the promises made and never delivered by Florentino Perez, which if Zidane would not be the gentleman that he is, 
the media would know a lot more about that and not great stuff also. They begged him to come back after the Ronaldo transfer where things went off the rails, but um, while he did come back, Florentino Perez made some commitments and failed to deliver at all. Not the first and not the last time that you hear that. Anyway, I believe that <laughs> they have enough firepower to get past Atalanta and get one step closer to the trophy that is adored by Madridistas all over the world. That is all that I have for you today. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the next one.